Hello and welcome to Let's Get Psyched, a program that explores the controversial and challenging issues from a psychological and psychiatric perspective, as well as the implications for clinical practice. I'm your host, psychologist Dr. Aaron Parks of UCR's Counseling and Psychological Services, and I'm joined by my co-host, Dr. D.M. Wynn of UCR. Hi, Hi Dr. <laughs> Hi, Dr. Parks. Uh, second year psychiatry resident at UCR, Dr. Edgar Ortega. Hi, Edgar. Hi, Dr. Parks. And second year psychiatry resident at UCR, Dr. Joshua Poole. Hi, Joshua. How you doing, Dr. Parks? And if you're noticing that there's any other additional sounds, well, you should because we're uh, broadcasting currently from the stairwell of Tomas Rivera Library in between the third and the fourth floors because this is KUCR's Let's Get Psyched Halloween edition of the show. Um, the views expressed on Let's Get Psyched are those of the speaker. They do not represent UCR, UCR Counseling and Psychological Services, or UCR's School of Medicine. Now, we're going to spend this show going to all the most haunted places in Tomas Rivera Library, which is notoriously known as the most haunted of all the places at UCR. Um, but before we get to that, I want to talk about my own personal experience with uh, a, 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 a sighting, a, a ghost story. I feel like this is something that we probably should all uh, do. I hope you're ready, um, DM and, and Joshua and Edgar. Uh, so this is my story. So when I was, I was seven years old, and I was from a very religious household. Uh, I believed in demons and the devil, and things were very much spiritual battles and things like that. I was afraid of the dark as a kid, mildly, mildly so, but still afraid of the dark. Anyway, so I'm in bed, and the closet is open. It's really dark in there, and I feel scared of that. And I just started thinking, like, why am I scared of what's in that closet? There's, there's nothing there. Even then, I feel like I want to confront this myself. So I sat up in my bed, and I gave my best stare down of this empty closet that's really dark and I kind of said okay so I'm not being scared and then at that point I saw something I had a hallucination <laughs> that was almost like the devil I thought it was the devil basically and it, it stepped was, up to the challenge <laughs> yeah that's right the devil was up for the challenge and I wasn't and it was a kind of like a um uh, kind of a spiky red um, blob and it was um, it was a little bit willowy and it definitely had like a jagged teeth and a kind of a jagged um, top of its head and it was really scary and it basically gave it a face to me back and I just went under the covers and basically I, got, I felt scared for the, the next few years. <laughs> that, so, that is my story. I feel like I've never told that story to anybody. I don't think I have. And um, I, I, I wonder every once in a while, like, if I didn't have that experience, would I be a more confident person? Because I, I, did I start... <laughs> if you didn't have a brush with the devil? It was a brush with the devil. It was a personal... And I, I felt that I could confront the devil. Yeah, it was like exposure there. You stayed in that room for a couple years. That's pretty impressive. I don't think most people would after seeing the devil <laughs> I, I did, but with uh, ready to put the covers over my head. <laughs> every time the closet was open and it was dark, that's for sure. But these are the kind of stories that I feel like I want people to be honest with because 
We're going to take the time to go around Tomas Rivera Library and we're going to go to the most haunted spots. This is one of them. The reason why is because the elevator supposedly only goes up to the uh, fourth floor up to five o'clock and then every once in a while it goes all the way to five o'clock and then it's haunted. Also, uh, we, we tried that. We actually tried that and it didn't work. It stopped at third floor and then we went on the stairs. The other haunted story is that there are footsteps in the stairwells. I hear some which you know it would make sense that there'd be footsteps in stairwells right like, I'm not the only one that thinks that's like kind of self-fulfilling you know now that you mention it I can think about it right it does echo a lot it echoes a lot it makes sense that like you can hear it very clearly I'm talking about a story supposedly there was construction workers it was cordoned off and supposedly these construction workers said they heard steps when no one was in the library when they're doing construction probably their own steps <laughs> 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 yeah, someone took, took a break or something and, and, then, and then came back. No, I feel like, and there was another one about um, flickering lights in a bathroom, but it, this, okay, fluorescent lighting. But there are other stories. For example, people have died in the Tomas Rivera Library. Um, oh, a prof- oh, oh. I, I never heard of that. A, well, a prof- history professor. Boredom, I, I believe. Uh, what, what was that? <laughs> Boredom? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, oh, are you saying, are you so making a statement hours. about the library? Um, there was a history professor who had a, uh, a office in the Tomas Rivera Library, and he died suddenly of a heart attack. He was only 54 years old. Well, but um, but that will be natural causes, just a look. That does right? sound like natural causes, yes. Tomas Rivera died of a heart attack, by the way, sudden heart attack. Um, there is also um, a student died um, of a seizure, and again, it was the fourth floor. Again, there's some haunted things about the fourth floor. And also the basement. Um, they've, uh, there's uh, reports that there are this jiggling of the handle in the basement. Um, so we're going to try to go to the basement also. Um, the, the, the supposedly, the, the, the original story is there was someone who worked at the library. Her name was Carmen. She had a difficult time. She had a lot of problems in her life. She um, drank, started drinking alcohol. She would uh, go to the elevator shaft and drink alcohol. Well, on one particular day, she drove home and she got into a car wreck and died. And then after that, people started reporting that she had returned to the library and was, was, was haunting the library. And ever since then, it kind of started. Now, that was, that was a while ago. That was a while ago. That was several, many years ago. So enough of enough of, of the history, and we're going to though be going. We're going to be going to um, these haunted places. But as we are, we're, I kind of want to ask: Have any of you experienced any ghostly interactions or sightings, or do you feel it's a bunch of hogwash? Do you I, believe in it yourself? I don't believe it on it because after being on science, I kind of feel like most of the things have like a objective kind of like intellectual explanation like even certain things you're at home and suddenly the television goes off right like the other day that happened but I, what i came to the conclusion is that like i dropped the remote on the floor it probably turned the bottom or something and then like a few seconds you know of delay the tv was off right um then the other one when i was a kid and you have no experience with google assistant do you because google assistant is always turning my tv on in the middle of the night oh yeah i, I don't have okay. one that's the thing okay but no, when I was a kid, you know, you get into this like kind of um, period of time where you're with your friends and you're trying to hunt ghosts and stuff like that. This is back in Mexico. It's like, well, why don't we go at night to the graveyard and see what happens? 
and I don't know why I did that, right? I think, you know, I was there a few times. But one of those, it was a thing like you go, you hang out there hoping to see something. Or, but at the same time, you're already putting that in your mind, right? You might be hypervigilant, you might be uh, misinterpreting some sounds, different stimuli. And what I remember is as we were leaving, my friend was driving his car backing up so we can go around and come out of the place. And when that happened, um, he was backing up, so he was looking, you know, towards the back, but everybody else was looking to the front. And we clearly saw, like, if someone threw something at us, like rocks, but didn't hit the hood, like came from behind the car to the front, uh, like throwing a rock. Didn't hit the hood, it kind of just passed by and went. But everybody was like, did you see that? Did you see that? Like, what happened? And, you know, everybody got freaked out. Of course, my friend just, you know, hit the gas and got out of there. But it's kind of one of those things that I don't think, you know. How, what percentage of you believes that that might have been a ghost saying, get the hell off of, of this graveyard, you don't belong here? Oh, when I was a kid, I totally believed that. Like 100%? Yeah, yeah. I was like, get out of here. I don't want to come back ever. Did your education uh, yes. lead you to... So, I, yeah, your education did actually lead you to disbelief. I think so. I think disbelief. now it's like, I don't know what it was, but it wasn't certainly that. It might something... You know, there was wind. It might have not been a rock. It might be just like purple or something flying, you know. You know, you go to the great where you see roses and flowers and everything there. So something the wind have, might have picked up and just coincidentally happened to fly by us and everybody was hypervigilant. Like, do you see that? You know, but I don't think that was a true thing. I have all the ones. Do you, we'll do you, have, do you believe in anything paranormal? Huh? Do you believe in anything paranormal? For, I, for example, uh, like um, um, not just ghosts, but telepathy, ESP, um, you know, I give spirits communicating with the spirit right. world. Right. Dead people, like kind of like where you can do things with your mind and all that. Yes, that, those things, sure. I, I, I'm in the middle, to be honest. It's like kind of like when, when aliens, you know, we're not the only ones here, but I don't care too much about it to think about the details. So kind of like that, maybe. I give it the benefit of the doubt, but I don't really had any experience besides the things as a kid. If we had successfully stormed Area 51, like <laughs> we would be talking about a different topic right now, but that did not happen. <laughs> Do you believe in UFOs, uh, I, Dr. Wynn? I think it's, the, I think to believe that we're the only things out there is very, in, is very arrogant and very inclusiveness. Have I ever seen a UFO? No. Would I love to see one? I don't know. It sounds horrifying. <laughs> but do you think we've been visited already by UFOs? Not. I, I, I have not, so I don't know. Um, we probably have, if you believe that we exist. We probably have. Joshua, uh, have you had no, any experience? your face, Joshua. <laughs> so I've, I've had a couple experiences of things that I probably couldn't explain all of them and then my family also has like a lot of stories of like hey you know my sisters would tell this story about how in our our house that's like in the middle of nowhere in a canyon somewhere they'd hear their name being whispered at night um, and it didn't stop until they had like a sort of like a spiritual cleansing or had people come pray around the room and then it stopped and then I had my own experience once where it was very late at night and I heard a voice of some sort and I felt like something was pulling me from underneath the mattress, pulling on my chest to pull me down into the mattress. Um, What'd you do? Oh, I was very freaked out at the time. Uh, looking, Are you look, still sleeping on that mattress? I think so, actually, yeah. It's a really good mattress. 
Oh, and those yeah. are expensive. I was, I mean, I was probably an adult. I'd say I was probably pretty close to an adult. I used to be like very, very religious, so there was a lot of cultural framing that informed the decision of the type of things that I would accept as occurring uh, externally. Uh, I'm, I think I agree with DM t in, to the extent that it might be arrogant to assume that with five senses and maybe you know multiplied by however many technological advances we can do that we could appreciably understand all of the universe like. You know, bees can see in ultraviolet. We can't do that, but that gives them a whole different version of what's going on. That being said, I am a naturalist now, so I, I don't know that I believe that any of this is happening for some kind of paranormal reason. And most of the things that we experience, for example, like uh, ghost sightings, it, they tend to fall into similar categories. Now that could be because they're ghosts and that's like what ghosts do, or it could be that that's what we're framing them as, and that we have certain uh, neurobiological constructs that allow those things to be f fulfilled. Like the brain is a meaning-seeking device. It, well, I'll say uh, the more evolved brain, so like the more prefrontal cortex, kind of cortical functions, like secondary type consciousness, is a meaning-seeking device. So if you see a stimuli, your brain is very good at attributing meaning to it very quickly. And I think with people who have been primed to do, you know, see things as ghosts or demons or whatever, I mean, that a level of suggestion alone could allow your brain to conjure up something and fill it. I mean, psychosis exists. They believe that they're seeing like angels around them and things like that. Their brain is telling them that. They're seeing that. I mean, just because we don't agree. So I think if you have enough cognitive processing, like top-down kind of inform information, you can probably keep that at bay, keep the level of suspicion at bay. So you don't necessarily have to buy into all that. That was like yeah, profound I, intellectualization. <laughs> Sorry. So um, if you're just joining us, um, you're listening to Let's Get Psyched on KUCR, and we're talking about our own personal ghost stories or why we might or might not believe, and we're also investigating the Tomas Rivera Library of places that are the most haunted, and we're going to go on the move right now and visit those places. So let's go. Hello and welcome back. We are in the basement of the Tomas Rivera Library, and we're trying to be very quiet. But we're here in a corner. I know there's a lot of people studying. I don't think they're being bothered by us. Um, we're in the basement because the basement is often known to be haunted. I do hear it walking, but it's someone. <laughs> I know that for sure. Now, we I just want to pick up where we left off. So, Joshua, you were talking about your, spir your, your spiritual experience of being pulled from the bed. Is there any part of you that believes that was actually something separate from you, some other non-naturalistic cause? Could be something uh, spiritual. Now, no. I think I was talking to um, some of our other colleagues here about um, the possibility of something called like a hypno hypnagogic uh, hallucination. So as you're transitioning states of consciousness, there's a little bit of a, a loosening of top-down processing. So you could be more open to suggestion or, you know, if it's really quiet sometimes, I think people can, even if as you're falling asleep and you're in that kind of twilight sleep, you can kind of hear voices. But that's not necessarily... Um, that's not necessarily indicative of any external thing. It's just the way your processing works as you're transitioning levels of consciousness. So now, no. At the time, yes. Do you very believe much. anything? 
because like for example <laughs> anything that's paranormal at all like 58 percent of people believe in things like spirits or things that are haunted um 57 percent believe that i'm just reading from this 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 chapman university study 57 57 percent believe that um alt, uh, these these civilizations these advanced civilizations existed 41 percent that aliens have visited us um People can move. People can move things with their minds. Twenty-six percent believe in that. Hmm. Do you believe in anything paranormal? M- miracles. Seventy-one percent of people believe in miracles. I, I, I definitely think there are things that cannot be explained, um, and I'm okay with that because there was things throughout the course of evolutionary history that couldn't be explained, but at one point, they may be able to be explained. I say all this, you know, to intellectualize, um, but the fact of the matter is, despite the fact that I believe none of this, I still would not play with a Ouija board. <laughs> I would not go to a seance. I, I mean, I don't know if it's just the conditioning from my very Christian upbringing, yeah. but there are certain things I wouldn't do. Like, I don't even go online and read about the Annabelle doll because I've heard that oh. it can, like, latch onto you if you think about it too much. No. Is that superstition? That's superstition. And, like, as much as I want to intellectualize, there's thing I won't do it. I won't go into a haunted room if, if they you, say it's haunted. Would you spend a night in a haunted house, like an abandoned um, old hospital, or how um, much? <laughs> you know, <laughs> them. <laughs> they I don't pay, pay you. I, I pay them. <laughs> you pay them. Uh, uh, that's a huge attraction. That's actually a huge like money business. Yeah, a friend of mine stayed at a haunted hotel, apparently where like a prostitute died, and you can take tours on it for like twenty bucks. So you have to pay for that. You have to pay. Because that's what all the thing okay, I was reading. Keep whispering, Edgar. Oh, sorry. It makes so, it spookier too. That's true. Very appropriate for the topic. No, so that's what I was reading. Some of the investigation that I reading that I did. This was this psychologist from the UK, and he wrote something about how to explain these things. But then say like the US market didn't allow for him to publish or something, or just a market for the explaining book. Explaining paranormal. Right, because it, like you're saying, so a lot of it's part of the culture and giving room to paranormal activities, like it's business. So they don't want to go against that, right? I in some of the statistics I read, it was up to seventy-five percent of people who believe in paranormal. So if you have a market where you can do psychic reading, mind reading, um, all the things, then you're gonna pay for that because it's curiosity, right, and superstitiousness. I did want to add. There was one other thing. Um, I have met people who claim to have like sort of like precognitive abilities and the abilities to kind of see the future and they have accurately predicted things that they had no way to know and no way that those things would end up happening like 100 percent accuracy they called things like and i don't know what to do with that like what? Like what? <laughs> they, they like just the score predicted. the jets game no, they can do they can do more things like, you know, they could reference what was going on with my grandparents across the world that they had no idea. Like there was no way that they could have known that or like they were accurately predicting like um my relationship and my the way that I would end up in where uh, with my f- my career. They could they did it years before I was in that position. Just to jump in, I'm sorry. Thank you, man on the street perspective, Elliot Fong, our producer. (laughs) Um, My father's father, a I guess a a fortune teller, predicted the day of his uh, of of my grandfather's 
uh, retirement. Uh, the, 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 the year, the year, predicted the year. How, how long in, in, in advance? I, I, don't, I don't know. It was years in advance. It was, it was they're like, okay, you know, they, they didn't think nothing of it. And then he had some health issues and then had to force forced to retire. And it was that year. But it could mm. be a coincidence, but it could not be either. This, this lady that does these predictions, she doesn't uh, take any payment or anything. She just comes up and says them. She's like one of my mom's friends. She predicted um, like to the week when both of my grandparents would die and they died within six months of one another. Did you get the second hand or were you there? This is what my mom told me. So who's to say? I'm not saying your mom's a liar. No. <laughs> a dirty, rotten liar. I'm not saying that. <laughs> no, but it, it's, it's weird. And I, I don't weird. know what to do with it. It's, it creeps me out well, even if I can intellectualize it well, everything. I, I just want to um, kind of say, um, piggyback on something you said and also Edgar said, it's the power of suggestion is a lot in framing. Like, Edgar, you said that you almost went to the cemetery because you were trying to see something or feel something. Yeah. And what about, it's become like a party game. Like you yes. go into a, a super dark room with a mirror and you repeat things or you, you use a Ouija board. Yes. It's like, you purposely do these things. And there's been psychological studies. If you tell, like key bending is, is a huge example. They, if you tell people, again, this is, a, this is a, uh, a person that's a part of the study, the Confederate, that the key is still bending. The key is still bending. The participants will say, "Yes, the key is still bending." If just because you say it. What is this? This is this is steady. So the key bending is a big trick, a big parlor trick, and and magicians have reproduced it many times. And and even the, the amazing Randy actually, amazing Randy is a, a well-known skeptic slash magician, and he told people, "Look, I'm magician. I am not using my mind. This is a complete trick." And then he bent a key and then he asked the audience do you think I actually have real powers and many people said yes even after so he told them so I am a magician so there's like an illusion or something to see that this bending was actually not happening but the, bending, no, the bending is happening but then after the key was bent they told people it's continuing to bend right now the yeah. key is still bending and then they asked people did the key continue to bend after he released it on the table, and they said yes. Oh, a well, lot of people said yes. Wow! Just by the power of saying it's happening. Now right. that kind so of has implications for um, people's control of the media too. Right. So there's a lot of like the like you're saying superstition, super being superstitious, um, the mind power, etc. There's even a prime response that we get. You know, the flight of a uh, fight response to our parasympathetic nervous systems, uh, autonomic nervous systems. Um, if if you tell me or I tell you, okay, let's go to this haunted place right now, the basement, things are going to start kicking in. You're going to, you know, feel hypervigilant. You might misinterpret sounds. And that's also just being part of our how our systems work, connect to our brain, and the neurotransmitters working. Basically, may, may just I ask you a question. If I take benzodiazepines, does that increase my chance of seeing a hallucination or decrease or there's no effect? Because I'm thinking I could do this haunted house thing. I might have to take a Xanax or something. But would that make sure that I would not see something because I'm super calm? Oh, I see. I'm not sure on that. That's. I, don't think so. I, th well, I think you'll be passed out, so you wouldn't do it. <laughs> I'm a super lightweight, so that, but probably true. I couldn't speak to a mechanism, but you know, benzodiazepines work very similarly to alcohol. So if it's a GABA 
mod- modulator. So if somebody drinks a lot of alcohol and starts having, well, I mean, you can have alcohol- alcoholic hallucinosis. I mean, that's something that can occur. But is that at high levels, though? That is. Because so I, like, I'm going to But if some people drink enough alcohol, you know, you can start to see things or maybe there's less inhibition. I feel like I could spend a night in a haunted house by myself. With benzos on you. <laughs> I, without benzos, oh, alcohol. but I'm just saying that if benzo, benzos might make it a sure thing that I wouldn't see anything or feel anything. Yeah, it's like, interesting. I think it's well, benzos would also lower like a seizure threshold. So one of the things I read is that it's very common for a lot of the paranormal stuff to actually be seizures. <laughs> they happen uh, very commonly around two to four p.m. where most people see like. Um, you know have visions of death or 2 or 4 a.m. I'm sorry in the morning and they have visions of death but that's also there's a rhythm to uh, um, to seizures like temporal low seizures occur in the early mornings and that like there's a pattern and a time base to it so and that could explain why a lot of this is happening so maybe if you took a benzo it would make you have a seizure and you would experience hallucinations that's a very good explanation the other thing is that was reading factors like just alcohol drugs lack of sleep a lot of stress can make you that's the part yes no it can just make you misinterpret things like an illusion like the most common example is like i wake up there's wind outside my noise i'm in my window sorry and then that noise can uh, you might hear that they're calling your name but actually you have a stimulus which is the wind outside but then you're maybe still kind of you're not fully back and you misinterpret that stimulus as calling your name so that's like a common thing right and then the other thing have you guys heard about sleep paralysis and that's what i wanted to uh ask you josh if that thing when you felt that they put pull you from the bed was that something similar because i had an experience like that and i can tell you after you answer my question oh, no, what isn't there's like something about the demon on your chest or something like that right. what's it's that called? called uh in spanish we call it se te subió el muerto which oh, I, okay. I guess like the dead body or guy you know climb on you but okay. it, it is the de- like you call in the devil yeah right okay i've heard that many times and had clients that say that yeah yeah i I don't know. I mean, it's entirely possible. I personally think that, you know, as I was transitioning levels of consciousness, I was probably just more suggestive to times. I mean, you know, sometimes like when you're falling asleep very slowly and you're in that twilight level, you feel like you're falling sometimes. It, it could be something like that. Um, oh, uh, the other thing I wanted to comment on is a lot of people will claim to see faces and things, but what's often not commented on is the fact that like our brains have evolved to be extremely particular at finding faces i mean uh, you know face blindness is prosopagnosia where it's a certain particular region of your brain that's responsible for specifically for finding faces because it's one of the earliest most evolutionary conserved mechanisms i mean like when you come out of the womb and you open up your eyes the first thing you're looking for is your mother's face so the organization of two eyes a nose and a mouth is something that we look for everywhere and it's a very rudimentary evolutionarily conserved mechanism so if you're in the dark there's poor stimuli except for whatever you can kind of see of course you're going to see a face i feel like this show started very skeptically then veered into it's possible and now it's veering (laughs) back into i'm very skeptical because it sounds like just evolutionarily your mind is wanting to see meaning wanting to see associations that's my wanting to make a sense wanting to see faces yeah wanting to make sense of what you're what's going on and you're easily suggested it's digestible people are easily suggestible with noises so i feel like this that's probably where it's all coming from hmm that's my that's what that's what i think <laughs> still that doesn't instead i still 
I still wouldn't do a, like a Bloody Mary or something in my old 116-year-old house that I rent with both my fiance and my oh. best friend say is haunted. So the, what, what, what would be the scariest <laughs> thing for you? Would it be doing a Bloody Mary alone in a haunted house or in a, a like a Church of Satan or something? What would be the worst I, thing ever? Like, the like thing I would not go near is anything demonic. So like Ouija board stuff or I still would not go near so that. So a room with a 10 foot pole. Completely dark, filled with Ouija boards, with a mirror. If there was Church like a pentagram and bones on the ground or yes, something. Yeah, bones no, on the ground. I'd, I'd, I'd you know, tail it Animal bones. Animal bones, but. Uh, any kind of, I don't care whose bones they are. I'm not going to go into a room that has a pentagram and bones on the ground. I don't care if they're chicken bones. I don't care if they're in a soup. Fish bones are probably not very scary. That's all I'm saying. No. That'd be freaky if you just saw like a fish spine on the ground with a pentagram. I wouldn't do it. It's, I'm, I'm <laughs> done. I would think, <laughs> I think there's I'm a cat you. here. I have a, I have a line. Okay. I, I wouldn't do that as Josh did. You know, I don't know the things in the past. I might do some, but there's a line. This is getting eerily similar to me standing up to Satan in the closet. And yeah. <laughs> it just comes back to I'm, the first like haunting, story, like right? And if, if anyone's ever watched any haunted horror movie, you, you can't be overconfident or you're the first one to die. And I'm going to ask you this question so we can wrap up. What is your impression now that you believe? Are you skeptical? And maybe you can answer in the next I am episode. completely skeptical. You have to be <laughs> like pretty confident in yourself. <laughs> it took many years to get back my confidence, though. It, the the the, the, per- the confident person you're seeing, it, it took a long time. Just would you do it again? Would you be in a haunted I place? Am, I absolutely okay. would do it. And that's all the time we have in this edition of Let's Get Psyched, the Halloween edition of Let's Get Psyched. Today we discussed haunted experiences, uh, uh, paranormal experiences, seeing ghosts. What ca- what are the causes? Um, thank you to our co-hosts, Dr. D.M. Wynn, Dr. Edgar Ortega, Dr. Joshua Poole, and special guest star Elliot Fong, our producer Elliot Fong. Uh, th- um, special, and thank you for being our producer, by, by the way, Elliot. This episode was recorded in the studios of KUCR on the campus of the University of California, Riverside. I've been your host, psychologist Dr. Aaron Parks. Remember to email us at getpsychedonkucr at gmail.com. Get psyched on KUCR at gmail.com. Tune in next week for another edition of Let's Get Psyched. Thank you.